Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching ministry of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. Today we are going to take another look at another proverb, Proverbs chapter 27. And if you haven't been following along with us in these teachings, um, we've been kind of in an impromptu manner going through uh, the book of Proverbs. I say impromptu, meaning I didn't start at chapter one and go to chapter two, three, four. Just uh, whenever I get a chance, I'll jump on here and start reading a proverb and just kind of discuss it as we go through it. Um, today is the 27th of July, so therefore I've chosen to go ahead and um, read Proverbs chapter 27. Um, if, however, you have come upon this teaching, I am just recording it live on YouTube. Uh, of course, it'll be a recorded audio. So if you're listen, listening on you know, SoundCloud or you know, iTunes or one of the other various podcast platforms that we're on, um, you know, it's not live, obviously, when you've come upon it. But, um, so, but if you are in a position where you can grab a Bible, I do highly recommend it because I highly recommend that you read the Bible yourself um, and that you come to realize the power of the Word of God that the Word of God can have in your life. I say power from the standpoint of what it will do within you, the man, the woman, that it'll cause you to be um, because God has given us his word. In this case here, when we study the book of Proverbs, we're studying um, the majority of them are the writings of um, Solomon. Um, and he wrote this to his son when the book begins. And Solomon was a man who, to whom God gave great wisdom. Um, God gave him the wisdom that he had. So when he writes down these wise sayings, and uh, they don't always flow together. Sometimes a couple verses will flow together, but they don't always flow together verse after verse. But when he writes down these wise sayings, he's doing so from that gift of wisdom that God gave to him. And you and I, as people on the earth today, can benefit from that same wisdom that God gave to Solomon because it's written down and available for us to benefit from. So, as you've heard me say, if you've listened before, um, you know, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs, as you may or may not know, and uh, you can pretty much go through a proverb a day um, in, you know, every day of the month, that is, right? And you will find it extremely beneficial if you take heeds, heed to the words that are written in the book of Proverbs and then apply them to your life. Of course, you get no benefit out of it at all if you don't apply it to your life. Um, and and that, that's true on uh, all of the Word of God as it applies to us. If, if we're not willing to repent if we're not willing to line our lives up with the will of God, well, then we're really going to get no benefit out of what is written in the Word of God. Um, and God has given us a free will. We have that choice to serve God, or we have a choice to go in the direction of the rest of the world, or go in the direction that we think is right um, in the way that we live our lives. Um, 
But as we've been reading the book of Proverbs, it's been interesting to see that um, the, the book of Proverbs itself encourages us to take counsel, especially godly counsel when you've got good people in your life, godly people, people that care about you. Um, you would be what the Bible calls a fool. I would be what the Bible calls a fool if there's godly counsel in my life and there's godly wisdom in my life, but yet I refuse to take heed to it and I become stubborn and bullish in, in you know, my mindset and I say, I'm not doing it. I'm going to do things my way. This is what the Bible calls a fool. On the other hand, in the book of Proverbs, we see someone is called wise when they take heed to wise counsel. So we're going to continue on. All that being said, we're going to go continue on to look at the book of Proverbs. And uh, I don't prepare any notes on this. So I just kind of read my way through it and talk my way through it as we go. So let's go ahead and jump into verse one here, Proverbs chapter 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. So you see what's being dealt with here? Being a boastful person, right? Boasting about tomorrow. Um, in, in the book of James in the New Testament, it, it says um, that you know, it says basically the same thing. Go to now you who say tomorrow will go to such and such city, buy, sell, get gain. And James goes on to say, what you really should be saying is if it be the Lord's will, then I'll do this. Again, this is speaking to a person that has made the choice to line themselves up with the will of God for their lives. Okay. And, but this is talking about being boastful. He says, let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. This is so contrary to the way of the world today. And I say the way of the world today. It's probably been contrary to the way of the world ever since sin entered the picture, right? But people love to praise themselves. If you look at a lot of music of today, right? Some of the more popular music of today that maybe you as a, a young man or a young woman may even listen to yourself or you have friends who do, look at how boastful it is. Look at how boastful it is about the money I have and what I can get and what I want to get and what I'm going to get and what I have, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just boastful, 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 right? But the way of wisdom, the way of God is to not do that. If there's, any, if there's anything praiseworthy in your life, let someone else speak it, not you. And don't even be boasting about tomorrow anyway. You don't know what a, a day may bring forth. There's another man in the New Testament that Jesus spoke of in one of his parables. And um, the man talked about how wealthy he was. And uh, he's, you know, he had to build more barns and things like that and store up in barns and all that. And Jesus in the parable says, fool. Right? You don't know this day your soul will be required of you. So you and I don't know the day of our death. We don't know when we're leaving this earth. So why do we boast? You see, it's better to be humble. It's better to be lowly. And Proverbs talks about that as well. 
right, that we should sit with the lowly, be with the humble people, hang around the humble people, not think highly of ourselves, but think highly of our Lord God. And just make sure that we're, we are lining ourselves up with his will, his perfect will and his good will in our li- for our lives, right? And there are people that he's placed in your life as a young man, as a young woman, maybe a parent, maybe a guardian who, who want what's best for you. And they want you to have what, you know, you know, great success in life because they love you greatly and they can offer you wisdom and you would be wise to take heed to that. Verse uh, three says, now we're gonna shift gears a little bit here, right? Verse three, a, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but who is able to stand before jealousy? I'm sorry, I, I mixed the verses there. <laughs> a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Okay, verse three. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Okay, so when someone flies off the handle in anger, in fits of rage, in a tantrum, whatever it may be, that person is, is demonstrating what a biblical term here is wrath. Okay, and that person's a fool in the way that they're behaving, simply right from the start, the way that they're behaving is like a fool. And that, you know, can hurt. A stone is heavy and a sand is, sand is weighty. I mean, you could have a stone, a big old stone dropped on your head and it can crush you. But when a fool goes off in anger and rage and, and acts in a certain way, it's heavier than both of them put together because it can be destructive. And again, the wisdom that's being offered in the Bible here is one to keep you on a straight path, a good path, a path that God has for you, a path of righteousness. Now reading verse four, wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? So here again, we're speaking about that wrath and that cruel anger and you know it's a torrent, right? It can come at you hard and fast, and you know when when people are raging with their anger and such. But he says, "But who is able to stand before jealousy?" In other words, uh, again, remember what I said a little bit ago here. These don't always just flow together. But Solomon's putting out these little bits of wisdom here, and jealousy is a vicious thing. Jealousy is a, can be a vicious thing that can eat you up on the inside, can tear others up around you. And again, but this, you know, a lot of this goes back to being that self-centered, that boastful person um, that wants what someone else has, that's out to get something, where's mine, how can I get this, and is not being a humble person right? Open rebuke, verse five says, is better than love carefully concealed. This is such an awesome verse in the book of Proverbs. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Um, So many people today, and we live in a world where there's a term that's used today um, about a certain type of person that, that is called a snowflake, right? Um, A person that, they don't want to hear any rebuke in their lives. 
They don't want to hear anything about what, what's wrong with their lives. They don't want to hear it, right? But that's better than love carefully concealed. If someone says you know, that they love you, but they're not reaching out to try and help you in your situation, well, that's not good. Sometimes it takes rebuke in our lives. And that's what the Word of God does. It often rebukes us and corrects us and instructs us in righteousness, right? So it is good when rebuke comes our way. And God chastens us, right? We might have a parent that chastens us in our lifetimes, right? We might have circumstances that, that rebuke us because of choices that we made. So the choices that we make matter and the direction that we go in life matters, you know? So sometimes, though, we've, we have to be rebuked, okay? It's not love when someone just gives you whatever you want or says to you whatever you want to hear, okay? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, verse 6 says, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So think about Jesus being betrayed by a kiss. Judas wasn't his friend. Judas had something else in mind. He just wanted money. He just wanted the money, right? But faithful are the wounds of a friend. So going back to verse five, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Sometimes a good friend or someone that loves you, your parent, whomever it may be, is gonna come along and say, hey, you gotta get this straight. You gotta straighten this out in your life. You gotta stop this. You gotta quit going in the direction you're going. It's going to destroy you. There's a better way. There's a better way. And obviously, I would point you to the best way, which is Jesus. And to come to Jesus begins with repentance. It begins with saying, you know what? I do need to humble myself in the sight of the Lord, repent of my actions, repent of my deeds, and begin to be a man, a woman, a person that cares about the things that God cares about and, and accept what he brings to me in my life and walk in a path of righteousness, right? Verse seven says, a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Again, just more wisdom from Solomon here in a different direction. But a satisfied soul loves the honeycomb. So it speaks of, speaking about the soul here, right? But think about yourself um, from an appetite standpoint when you get fully satisfied with what you have eaten, whatever it is. Let's, I mean, Let's just say some junk food that you love and it's sweet, but you had enough. <laughs> you got to the point where you even know that's enough, right? You're satisfied from that standpoint, right, with that. And a satisfied soul loves the honeycomb. You know, so in talking about the soul here, um, Solomon's talking about something sweet, right? That maybe that, that temptation that looks good to you and seems right to you. But when your soul is satisfied in the Lord and you're content, you don't need it, right? But to the contrary, the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet, right? Not only do they go after the sweet stuff, they're going after the 
bitter stuff in life because their soul is not satisfied. And that's the question that we all must ask ourselves. Where are we in our soul? I mean, even Christians are encouraged by the Apostle Paul to test themselves as to whether they're truly in the faith. Examine themselves, right? So, where are you in your soul? Do you find that you're bitter in your soul? Do you find that you're angry? You're full of wrath? Some of these things we're reading about here. You might be the type of life that needs some open rebuke. You might need a faithful friend to wound you and tell you the truth okay, about what's going on in your life. But if your soul is hungry, there's an answer. There's a way to satisfy your soul. And it's through repentance and faith in Jesus and being content in what he provides and submitting your life to him. Okay, verse eight says, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. You know, be it ever so humble, the old song says, right? I believe that's the words. There's no place like home, you know? And sometimes it's, it's good to be content and, and just settle down and be content with where you are. Sometimes it's like, hey, I just want to wander away from this place. I just want to get out of here, right? But the good, thing, the good news about the bird that, that wanders from his nest, he can come back. The man that wanders from his place, he can come back. And the discontented soul, God offers you the opportunity to come back. You know, just like the prodigal son who went out and lived in, in a way that was pleasing to him and he finally came to the point, thankfully, he came to the point where he realized that what God has is far better than what this world offers. He was looking for everything. He was looking for everything to try and satisfy his soul. But you don't always need to wander off. Now, especially you don't never need to wander off when it comes to being in the Lord, being in Christ. Verse 9 says, Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. There you go, right? Going back to what I said earlier. Hearty counsel, good counsel, meaty counsel, stuff that matters. It might be open rebuke sometimes, right? It might hit you straight between the eyes. And it's like an ointment, a perfume, and delight to the heart. Right? It's something good for you. Hardy counsel. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor than a brother far away. So sometimes, again, right around you, right in front of your face, is God has placed everything you need for a good life, for a good direction. It may be good parents that are in your life. It may be a brother or a sister, somebody that cares about you, that's trying to make sure you stay on the straight path because they do care about you. You know, and sometimes, you know, you, you just, well, you need to, like I said earlier, you need to repent and open up and open up your heart and say, yep, 
I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to receive this. The counsel's right here around me, good, hearty counsel. And I'm not going to forsake my friend or my father's friend, someone that my father trusts, some, you know, someone that's, that, that's good in my life. You know, I'm, I'm not going to forsake that. I'm going to wise up and start listening. Verse 11, my son. So Solomon, again, is writing this to his son, but we benefit from it today. Verse 11, my son, be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. You see, sometimes, not all, not sometimes, really, probably all the time, when, it, when there's a good father and a good mother, and they care about their child, their son or their daughter, whichever the, the case may be, and they see their child walking in wisdom, it makes their heart glad. And they don't have to feel ashamed around others, you know, who may reproach them and say, what's going on with your son? Why is your son this way? Maybe, you know, the, the son had to be brought before law enforcement or, you know, before you know, a principal at school, whatever the case may be. And, you know, Solomon's saying, hey, I want to be able to give a good answer. I want to be able to say, hey, my no, this ain't my son. He didn't do this, but only if the son really didn't do it. Hey, this ain't my daughter, but only if the daughter really didn't do it. So the son and the daughter have to be wise in the way that they live. And you need to honor your father and mother in that way, Right. Verse 12, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Just a matter of wisdom, right? Being prudent, foreseeing the future, seeing that, looking at it and saying, does this make any sense? What I'm doing, the decision I'm about to make, does it make any sense? The direction I'm going, does any of this make any sense? Is it, is it what is good? First of all, is it what is good in the eyes of God? Secondly, is it even good for me? Does it do me any good or is it just tearing me up and eating me up, right? Well, a prudent man says, oh, no, 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 I'm not going that way. You won't see me around here anymore. And he hides himself. He goes in a different direction. But the simple one, they're talking about a simpleton, right? They just pass on. What happens though? What's the end result of, of verse 12 there? They're punished. They're punished. Maybe society punishes them. Maybe they have to be, if they're a child, maybe they have to be punished by their parents. Maybe the law, you know, whatever the case may be, because they're simple. They're stupid. They don't just sit there and say, hey, you know what? This ain't the best thing for me. Remember, God wants what's best for you. He places people in your life sometimes that are good friends that are going to wound you in a way that's good. They're going to correct you, instruct you in righteousness and things like that, like the Word of God does. And it's going to be for your betterment. Verse 13, take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger and hold it in a pledge when he is surety for a seductress. So Solomon kind of throughout the book of Proverbs here, you'll find that he mourns his son against women that are not of good morals, a seductress. She's going to take you down the wrong path. And if you, you know, and she's going to destroy your life. Again, this is something that 
godly counsel can help you in. This is something that the Word of God will direct you in. And if you've given your life to Christ and you've been born again of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord will direct you in this. But he's saying here, take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger and hold it in a pledge when he is surety for a a seductress. Um, In other words, first of all, the Bible speaks against surety, right? Like... um, you know, vouching for someone else. We might call it in fi- in the financial world, co-signing, things like that, right? Um, both of those things are foolish, right? And, and the more that you do that's foolish, the more that leads you into more foolishness. There's, there's a, you know, a downward spiral for the fool, the person that is making bad choices. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. I love that verse. <laughs> I am not a morning person. I have tried to be, I, you know, tried to dedicate myself sometime to being a morning person. You know, you get those morning people that are a bit snooty and they say, oh, the sunrises are so beautiful. Well, have you ever seen the midnight sky? It's beautiful too. And I'd rather see the midnight sky, you know, and and then to rise up early, but to each their own, right? But here's the thing. I'm that type of guy. If you're going to come ringing my phone all loud in the morning, come knocking on my door, raising your voice, that's going to be counted as a curse to me, even though you may be my friend coming over, right? So, how do we apply this to other areas of life? Well, I'll let you think on that, but you, you surely can apply this to other areas of life. Not everything is right for everybody. You know, God's not made us like robots. We're not all the same. He's gifted each one of us differently. We're, you know, we're bent for different things. And we've got we to gotta pay attention to that fact, right? Not try to impose our will upon someone else, right? And say, I'm a morning person and it's the best thing in the world, you know, whatever. Personally, I don't really, you know, pay attention to that kind of stuff. But the point is, again, is that not everything's right for everybody here. And God sees us as individuals, you know, you know, you know the deal, right? We don't have the same fingerprints and all of that. You know, God makes us all different, and that's amazing in and of itself. Um, Verse 15, a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Now, this speaks, really can speak to the woman. And look, it, you know, you might not like it, but maybe maybe this can be like an open rebuke, like we read about earlier. This might be an open rebuke for a contentious woman, someone that is constantly pestering and nagging and complaining and grumbling and fighting and causing arguments and all of that kind of stuff. It's like a continual dripping on a very rainy day. In other words, it'll drive you crazy. We discussed that in one of the other Proverbs that we read as well. But verse 16 says, whoever restrains her restrains the wind and grasp oil with his right hand. In other words, it's pretty amazing. You, you, you got to get that under control, 
right? And, you know, if you can do that, it's like you're holding the wind or you're able to hold oil in your hand, you know, in your fist or whatever, right? It's not easy. It's really up to the contentious woman to go ahead and repent themselves and change, okay? Because that's what the Proverbs basically pointing out here. This ain't good. Don't be that way. Okay, verse... um, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Okay, so uh, you ever seen, uh, you know, I forget the term. I should know this term, but I don't. But the thing that you sharpen a knife on, you know, you you know, I don't know what it's called right now. Um, That's the thing of going live here. I'm not going to look it up at the moment, but you know, it's just iron sharpens iron. And that's what a friend should be like. You know, like a good friend should sharpen your countenance. In other words, put joy on your face. Ah, it's good to see you, man. It's good to have you in my life. That's the type of friend you should be. That's the type of friend we all should be to one another because it does something good. It bolsters my life, okay? Um, Verse 18, whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit. So he who waits on his master will be honored. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat of its fruit. In other words, you got work to do. There's something you've got to put into it. In order to reap benefits and rewards from anything in life, if you want something good, then you got to be doing something good. You got to be putting the work into it. You got to be putting forth the effort. And it says, so he who waits on his master will be honored, right? So same thing, you're, you're waiting on your master, in this case here, Solomon's using that analogy and saying you're putting forth the effort, you're serving someone else, you'll be honored. And that's the thing. Again, we should we're seeing we are seeing a little bit of a flow here, right? We shouldn't be a full, a wrathful person. We should receive counsel. We should be humble. We should be a servant. We should be willing to work to do something that's good, something that produces fruit in our lives and in the lives of others around us. Verse 19, as in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. So Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're speaking anger and wrath, like we're talking about here earlier, you're raging, you're speaking vile things, that's coming out of your heart. Something's wrong with your heart. It's telling you straightforward that you need to repent, right? That you need to change, okay? And it says, as water reflects water, you know, as in water, face reflects face. So you go look in the water. For us today, we have a mirror. There it is right there. We can see what, what we look like. It's reflecting right back on us. That's what a man's heart reveals, okay? That's what's in a, a man's heart gets revealed in this way. Verse 20, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Hell and destruction are never full. It's talking about that evil person, that their, their, their direction, their aim in life, they're pointing the wrong way, they're going the wrong way, they're doing the wrong thing. 
and your eyes are never satisfied. You're always going to want more and more and more and more, right? Says the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. And a man is valued by what others say of him. When we go through this life, we have difficulties. We have hard times. We have trouble. But yet these things can refine us. These things can, can have a good work in our lives of causing us to be pure, right? And when, when others look at us, this verse is saying, and a man is valued by what others say of him. When others look at us and they speak about us, if they say things that are good and honorable, well, then we know that life has tried us out good and we're walking in a right path. Now, look, yes, there are people out there that are always going to be naysayers. They're always going to be putting down maybe what you do or things like that just because they've got a problem within their own heart and it's you know, it needs to be revealed within them, right? But we all have issues we need to deal with and oftentimes we need to be sure that we get the beam out of our own eye, right? That big old plank that sticks out of our own eye that knocks others over, that harms others, speaks ill of others and things like that. We need to be sure that we get that out of our eye because then in turn, we can help others afterwards with the speck that they have in their eye. But oftentimes there are people that they've got a, a beam in their eye and they just want to knock you down with it. But, you know, sometimes there are people in our lives that are going to value us if we're walking in the ways of the Lord, right? Verse 22, though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. So this is speaking about just how hard it is when someone wants to live like a fool and be stubborn in the way that they want to live. And no matter what you do, no matter what you try to do in their lives, no matter how you reach out to try to help them, no matter how much of a burden it may be on you, when they've made the choice to live like a fool, it's not going to matter. Right? It's just not going to matter. Is the foolishness will not depart from them. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, verse 23, and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. So pay attention. Be a diligent person. Be a good steward of what you have, your finances, the things you own. Take care of them. That's what Solomon's telling his son here. He says, when the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. You shall have enough goat milk for your food, for the food of your household and the nourishment of your maidservants. When do you have all that? When would you have all that? Well, you'd have all of that when you are being diligent and you are taking care of what you have. You're, you're being diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herd. So again, we just see a whole bunch of wisdom here being offered 
by Solomon to his son. And I'm telling you, if we would just take the time to read the word of God, and again, with the book of Proverbs, it's something that we can do. We can read the words of God in our lives on a daily basis when it comes to Proverbs, 31 chapters, read a chapter a day. But when you just read it, you know, there, there's more you got to do than just read it. That's what I'm trying to say here. You've got to apply it to your life. You got to make it life applicational, right? And, and do something with it. Apply it to your life and be diligent in what you do. So we'll go ahead and stop here for today as we went through another chapter. God bless. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whichever the case may be. And we will see you next time. God bless.